Welcome to the Drift Zone and happy Fair Day 2021. The Drift Zone at Fair Day 2021 is a series of podcasts for us all to learn about the fantastic and inspirational LGBTIQA plus and aligned organizations, sporting groups, faith groups, businesses, artists and total dead set legends that share the love at Fair Day each year. Over the next two weeks leading up to Mardi Gras, you'll be able to listen to a heap of podcasts we've got coming your way. Through the podcast, you'll also be able to follow their links to learn more about the amazing work that they do and how you can become involved with them. In this episode of The Drift Zone at Fair Day 2021, Lisa Rose, the amazing festival director for both the Mardi Gras Film Festival, which runs from the 18th of February to the 4th of March, and the Queer Screen Film Festival, which runs in September, jumps into the Drift Zone to let us know more about Queer Screen and all the amazing films happening this year. For more info also on all things Queer Screen, you can pop along to queerscreen.org.au, where you can find more detailed information. Lisa Rose, Festival Director of Queer Screen and Queer Screen Film Festival. Welcome to the Drift Zone. Thanks for jumping in. How are you going? I am going pretty well. Thank you so much for having me. Nice to catch up with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself first because we all love film and we're all film stars. How did you become involved with films and especially Queer Screen Film Festival? So I've always been a lover of all uh, all things cinema and uh, and screen since I was a wee lass, um, and I uh, consider myself a little bit of a professional lesbian in the way that uh, when I was a teenager growing up in Tasmania in in the nineties, I just grabbed at any semblance of. Uh, of uh, queer content that happened to exist. Um, I, you know, it could have been three seconds. It could have been like, you know, they're vampires or whatever. <laughs> I just would grab at it. So I've always had an, an affinity for, for that type of thing. And then uh, in 2012, uh, I had a long-term relationship end uh, and I wanted to do something to, you know, fill my time and mind. And so I got into a new relationship with Queer Screen where mm. I started volunteering with Queer Screen. Uh, I was on, then I joined the board and I was on the board for about four and a half years. And then I left the board um, and applied for the festival director position in 2017. Uh, and I've been the festival director ever since. Congratulations. Sounds like Queer Screen and Queer Screen Film Festival is a partner that just keeps on giving. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. My wife is like, Thanks, yeah. I'm having an affair with my job, yeah. (laughs) That's beautiful. In terms of how you guys work and operate, are you mainly staffed by volunteers or staff? How many have you got? Yeah, so we have about 150 volunteers that we engage every year across the festival. We have uh, obviously the, the largest group of those is the people who help us uh, in the pink shirts at each of our festivals, um, ushering and showing people to their seats and doing ticketing and things like that. But we also have a whole bunch of volunteers that help us throughout the year. Obviously, our board of directors is completely volunteer. Our board associate program is volunteer. We have people that um, help us out in social media uh, and governance and um marketing and various other areas in terms of uh, volunteers and programming as well and then in terms of staff I'm uh, I work I'm engaged uh, year-round I'm not full-time year-round um, I'm about a point eight five. I think 
Um, and, uh, and then we have an operations manager, Vicky Gutierrez, who's been with us as long as I have. Uh, and uh, she's not engaged all year. She's got about, she's usually about nine months that she's sort of engaged on a part-time basis. And then we have a partnerships um, head of partnerships who's engaged throughout the year as well. And then we have seasonal staff. And they, the seasonal staff, it, it's grown. We've been able to um, have some more seasonal staff over the last few years, which has been um, incredibly helpful. They usually come on for about three or four-month contracts. Uh, and it's, it's incredibly helpful because our festival is quite large to be able to do just purely with um, purely with volunteers. So we're trying to uh, get to a position where we can um, can have more staff, yeah. Beautiful. I guess in terms of staff and volunteers, it does have to be so massive. In terms of a 28th Mardi Gras Film Festival, everything's changed. Yeah. Let us know a little bit about what's happened. Yeah, so we've got 94 films. And um, because of the, you know, because of obviously the world that we are currently in and um, people not being able to go to the cinema necessarily or feeling comfortable going to the cinema um, and having much reduced capacities in, um, in our venues, uh, we've been able to pivot and offer it. Uh, 70% of those films um, are also going to be available online, uh, which is really exciting, and they're actually available Australia-wide on demand across the 15 days of the festival. Uh, And then we have about uh, 24 features, I think, that are playing exclusively uh, in cinema uh, in Sydney. We have 60 sessions that we're doing um, in Sydney, but we're expecting a a lot. We've got lower capacities because of um, social distancing and measures from the New South Wales government and things like that. 94 movies and 75 online. So, so 94, so that's features, documentaries and shorts that we have 94 um, films and um, just over 70% of those you can watch online if uh, you don't feel comfortable or you can't get to the cinema. I'm going to ask you too, how do you guys find and decide on content for film festivals, especially queer film festivals? Yeah, so obviously a lot of people submit their films for us to consider um, and then also what we do is we go through and we just sort of, you know, have a Google alert knowing what's kind of out there. We look at all the um, other film festivals throughout the world, not only um, other LGBTIQ film festivals but mainstream film festivals. Um, we have great relationships with all the Australian distributors. Uh, we just basically do a whole lot of research into uh, finding as many films as we possibly can and then I have a a bunch of volunteers who watch films for me uh, and it's a diverse range of people who watch the films and then uh, they they rate the films for me and then I kind of just come through and watch watch a whole bunch as well just to um, kind of get a really nice mix because uh, you can't always it's, it's an interesting thing you, you can't you can't it's not as simple as just being like I want to play that film like you have to obviously get the people to agree to let you play the film um, which is not always as easy as one would think uh, so yeah, so it's a giant jigsaw puzzle. It's my favourite thing of uh, of my job is the programming aspect and getting to put it all together and getting a really nice balance um, of representing a diverse range of people from our community. I was going to say that it's so beautiful that it, it is the Queer Screen Film Festival and looking at the program, just the rainbow of people and I guess the diversity of content that's in it. Is that an aim for you guys? Well, yeah, to a point. I mean, the, we often... Um, I often have to say, like, I can't program something that doesn't exist. So we really are beholden a lot of the time to what is actually being created. Um, But we are very conscious of making sure that we're hitting um, a diverse range and hitting, uh, you know, making sure that there's different countries and um, 
different ethnic backgrounds and then sexualities and gender identities and different faces and ages and, and genres and, and stories that are being told. Like it's we've gone so far beyond um, coming out stories and coming of age films. And so uh, they obviously still have their place and we've definitely still got some of those in the program. But um, it's also just, it's just about trying to, I guess, I mean, we just want to program quality. We want to make sure that the people that are coming to the festival immerse themselves in it. And you're not going to, the whole idea of a film festival is to see as many films as you as you can. And then you're probably going to love two or three of them. You'll like a couple more. And then there'll probably be one that you just don't connect with, which is, which is fine. That That's, that's art. Like you, you know, just from my, my programming team, like I get an incredibly diverse um, reaction to film. Someone might love it. Say you can open the festival with that. And someone else would be like, that's terrible. Don't program it. So it's really, it's just really interesting. And it's one of my favorite things is just um, finding out the audience reaction to a variety of films. In that sense, too, what's a few highlights for you of this year? Well, there's so many. I don't know what to choose. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'll mention our opening night film, uh, which is Dating Amber. Uh, I think uh, it's, a, it's a film from Ireland. It's set in the 90s and it's about a, um, it's in a high school and it's about a gay man and a, and a lesbian who uh, decide to be each other's beard um, so that they, you know, people stop thinking that they're gay. Uh, and it's really just about this relationship, this friendship between this gay man and this lesbian. And it's a, even though it is obviously a very common thing in our community to have those friendships, it's still not something that is explored very often um, in cinema and on TV, that, that relationship. And so I'm really excited that I'm able to open the festival with a film um, that delves into that. Uh, another one that we're closing with a film called Rurangi, and it's from New Zealand. Uh, and it's an incredibly inclusive and diverse film. It won the Audience Award at Frameline, which is the largest LGBTIQ um, film festival in the world in San Francisco. And it's uh, it's about a gay trans man and his return home to his small town in New Zealand and uh, meeting up with his ex-boyfriend and his dad and one of his best friends and just kind of what's kind of happened since he's transitioned. And it also touches on, um, he's an activist um, in Auckland and it touches on his sort of uh, relationships that he has with people um, there. It's a fantastic film. It's uh, It's got a lot of heart and also a lot of humour. Um, there's also a really fantastic um, film called I Carry You With Me, which is a really interesting one because it's, it's a, it's a narrative film, but it also is a documentary. So it's made by an award-winning documentary filmmaker um, and it's her first narrative film. And it just, at the last 20 minutes of the film, because um, it's inspired by these real people, switches to a documentary where you see those people later in life. So this is the story of these two men who live in Mexico and um, are gay and are closeted and how, how they're going to deal with that and how one of them wants to desperately um, go to the US to have a better life and so it's just a, it's about um it's about that struggle of trying to do that and and it's a beautiful romance as well and the, the longevity of their relationship and uh it's one of my absolute favorites in the festival and i hope that many people come and see it it's a really really beautiful film sounds amazing i'm just thinking in terms of film festivals and as we do know them they're a person-to-person thing we're watching something on the screen but it's more about the people that are coming and connecting with a festival and with an event. How has that changed? We see the um, Mardi Gras Film Festival going online, a majority of it. Um, in terms COVID, of it, COVID, how has that, how affected, has that affected, I guess, I guess, I guess the, screen the screen and, and the film industry, the film industry as, well. as well? 
Yeah, so obviously Australia is pretty lucky that our cinemas are open. There's a lot of countries in the world where the cinemas are currently shuttered or um, and have been for a while. So uh, we have that distinct advantage, and so we will have social distancing in our um, cinemas, and we have reduced reduced capacities. But we do we are doing sixty screenings. That's twenty less screenings than we did last year. Um, but it's so it's there's still going to be that experience of the community coming together and watching films together because there's nothing quite like it sitting in a you know, queer audience watching a queer film. Um, so that's really great that we can still have that. But the, we have another festival in September called Queer Screen Film Fest and we were really lucky that we were able to, it's a smaller festival, about a quarter of the size, and we were able to kind of test the waters with on demand and whether that was something that people wanted and we found that it was. So as much as 2020 was a horrible year for the globe, it's kind of given us a like a silver lining opportunity uh, to be able to reach new audiences because it's not just, um, you know, people who may not feel comfortable going back to the cinema um, with a pandemic, but it's people who can't normally go to the cinema because of where they they live. And, you know, we had people all over the country from major cities to the outback watching films um, in September. And then there's people who uh, might have a disability that uh, makes it hard for them to get to the cinema. There's people who have young children. There's people who are shift workers. There's just people who are closeted and may not feel comfortable going to a queer film festival now have the ability to be able to see these stories and we're incredibly excited that we're able to do this and we hope to be able to continue um, post-pandemic to be able to bring some films um, if we can uh, online in the future as well. Now you've watched so many movies. Mm -hmm. What's your favourite movie, Lisa? In terms of being a perfect film, I think 12 Angry Men. It's not a queer film but I just think that that's a perfect film. I think uh, scriptwriters don't get enough kudos, uh, and how that like that film is made on on the power of the script and the story. It's basically all shot in one room, pretty much. So, um, but it's incredibly engaging. That's yeah. my pick. It's not a queer film, but that's that's my favourite film of all time. <laughs> Beautiful. I guess also because uh, the queer screen and queer screen film festival, you have this amazing, I guess, service to the community because you guys curate so much. And for us in the community, we we can access a lot of content that we might not find on our own little lonesomes. So I guess in that sense, how can people become volunteers with you guys? Yeah, you just need to go to our website and um, and just click on the, the volunteers uh, and sign up. And you can, uh, we're always looking for new volunteers. Actually, to be honest, like all of our stuff except one started as a volunteer. And it's a great way to get experience at a film festival, it's to learn new things, to meet new people. We've even had people who started dating from volunteering. Like there's, it's a great way to give back to the community and to experience. But we also do a lot of stuff for the industry as well in terms of filmmakers. We have a completion fund that we, um, award every year. We started in 2015 and since then we've awarded over $85,000 worth of funding to Australian filmmakers making content and we also started three years ago the Queer Screen Pitch Off which is a production fund for short films of LGBTIQ content from Australian filmmakers. So we're able to do that through the generous support of our members, our donors and our sponsors. And, uh, you know, we're a not-for-profit charity and we're here for the community and for the um, filmmakers. So that's exciting. Mm. Oh, that's really nice to bring that home as well. I guess for me, because Fair Day's not happening, so I'm a trailblazer in this. Like I'm starting <laughs> some podcasts just so stall holders generally can get yeah. out and just get get heard 
because Fair Day is not happening. So hopefully something will happen from this next year. Hopefully there'll be some, you know, video podcasts or some documentaries on storeholders and all of that. What's Fair Day mean to you, Lisa, and I guess to Queer Screen as well? Yeah, so Fair Day uh, traditionally uh, was the, our biggest day for ticket sales. It's our most direct way that we can communicate with people and it's always a fantastic um, time to be at the store. We usually give out about 3,000 um, of our program guides. It's always just great to be able to talk to people about the films where we can give like, people uh, face-to-face kind of recommendations. We can ask them what type of films that they like um, and then you know I can usually suggest a bunch of films for them by the type of films that, that people like. Uh, so it is, it is an incredible shame that um, Fair Day is unable to happen this year because it is definitely... For me, one of the absolute highlights of the Mardi Gras season every year. It's such a wonderful occasion. Such and just when you just look around, just the incredible diversity of our community is um, is on display. So it's a real shame uh, that that can't happen. And I hope that um, it's just this one year and it can happen again next year. Exactly. We've got Sydney World Pride coming as well in 2023. Fingers crossed, legs open. Um, <laughs> tell us about any big plans for. For 2023. Look, we're very excited. Like I think everyone, well not everyone, but I should imagine most people are very excited about the fact of, of having World Pride. Um, it, it's going to be, like I remember uh, when the Gay Games were here, which was, I think that was like early, two, was it like 2004 or something, I think. And that was just a incredible vibe in, in the city. And this is only going to be even um even greater than that and so it is like we haven't come up exactly with a a full plan of what we're what we're going to do in terms of our festival um we're obviously in communication with world pride about the dates of what they're doing so we can make sure um we're kind of involved Uh, and we obviously were part of their bid as well the fact that the film festival would be um happening because it's actually our it'll actually be our 30th um christine's 30th mardi gras film festival that year as well lovely well, Lisa, would you have a message as well for listeners? My message is come and curate your own film festival at the Queer Screen. It's 28th Mardi Gras Film Festival. Beautiful. That's message. <laughs> Love it. Lisa Rose, thank you so much for jumping into the Drift Zone today. Thanks for having me. Lisa Rose, the amazing festival director for both the Mardi Gras Film Festival, and the Queer Screen Film Festival. For more info also on all things Queer Screen, you can pop along to queerscreen.org.au where you can find more detailed information. The Drift Zone podcast is honoured to share your stories as Fair Day is not physically happening in 2021. Through this podcast series, our diversity and unity will continue to shine through strong. For more information on the Drift Zone of Fair Day 2021 podcast, you can go to www.tunnelroadproductions.com. One love.